Hey, it's Madison, the Black Eagle, and here's a highlight from today's show. Dr. Derek Ford is president of the Dayton NACP. Give me your take on what happened, maybe what we're not seeing on on the news videos and the and the police cams. Well, thank you there, Brother Joe Madison, the Black Eagle, uh, you know, for this opportunity to, uh, to speak to your audience. And um, I, I tell you what, it's a situation whereas we as a community, as a nation of people, you need to understand and, and you know, grapple with criminal justice reform and police accountability. And unfortunately, uh, my beloved city, uh, the city of Dayton, Ohio, uh, police department, uh, you know, made a bad judgment call. One of their officers, two of their officers made a bad judgment call, and which ultimately led to uh, the injury of a paraplegic citizen of these United States of America by ways of Clifford Owensby. Uh, you know, the situation, according to account of our client, uh, the information that he has provided to us, uh, as well as taking into consideration the information that we have witnessed upon footage that the police department has released at this time, uh, there is plenty of other footage that his legal re- that his legal team is going to be subpoenaing, uh, you know, for further investigation. So there's more video. Uh, there's other things that occurred that the general public has not seen yet because the video, all the video footage, has not been released. But that we will be requesting that through his attorneys um, uh, very shortly, in short order. Have you seen it? So uh, I've seen some footage. Yes. Okay. What is it? I mean, in, in other words, you said bad judgment. Describe what was bad about judgment. You, you know, because obviously the other side is saying, well, uh, they he should they should have let the police he should have let the police help. I'm going to play the devil's advocate for a moment. They should he should have let the police help him out. They offered to help him out. Uh, they saw him coming from a drug house. What was he doing with twenty plus thousand dollars in his uh, car? And I know all these questions you've been asked about. So I'm just I guess what I'm trying to get from you is your point about bad judgment. What what should the officers have done that they didn't do? Well, anybody can create a story. Anybody can create their own narrative. But the narrative that should be created in this particular case is about that pretextual traffic stop. Okay. And the pretextual traffic stop that occurred was because because the police has identified that property as a suspected drug house. Okay. That's something that the police has uh, has identified, at least according to their account, which is one of his, which is one of Owensby's properties. So he has tenants who live in that property. Oh, okay. So okay. That, that, so, so he owned that house. He owns that house. That's correct. Okay, now let me stop here for a minute. I've owned yep. homes, mm-hmm. and I got it, and and I have a, a a family member who owned a home, a property in in uh, D.C. One of the biggest problems he had 
They were selling drugs out of the house. And he, he wouldn't. And so go ahead. So I follow you. Go ahead. Doesn't mean he was selling drugs, but he owned that house. Okay, go ahead. Yeah, so what, what has happened is you have a situation where that's one of his properties, but they connected him because of his past drug convictions and weapons charges back in 2008, which happens to be, what, uh, 12, 13 years ago? Okay. Uh, so so that's, what, that's what made them do that pretextual stop. So wow. our client... Uh, assume that after, so when you talk about compliance, because this is another big key point about it, right? Uh, is the compliance piece. He was very compliant from the beginning until the offer's aggression. So you may say, well, what do you mean by that? Well, when the officers turned their sirens on, he complied by pulling over. Okay. He stopped his vehicle. When the officers came to him, and told him that uh, that they stopped him because his tent was too dark, or his tent appears to be too dark, and they want to <laughs> do a check on his windows, on his tent. Okay, okay, go ahead. He he rolled his windows down, right, and he allowed them allowed so be, once again being compliant, rolled his windows down, and asked them, uh, you know, and allowed them to check the tent on his windows. Uh, then they went back, of course, ran his name, seeing that he had a record. They came back and told him that he's going to exit the vehicle because of his previous background. Okay, because of his previous background. And from there, they asked him to turn the car off. So once again, he was compliant. He turned his vehicle off. Okay, now hold on, hold on. This is key because some people have said, well, he could have sped off. Well... He turned his car off. So that wasn't a factor. Keep going. I'm, this is, I'm so glad you're on. Keep going. So from him uh, turning his car off, being compliant in that manner, then that's when uh, they told him that he needs to get up exit the vehicle because they're going to call a dog to do uh, you a know, search around a car. Right. Uh, and so in his mind, he didn't understand that because in his mind, he's thinking that once they told him his tent was too dark, that he's going to get a traffic citation right. and be on about his way. Right. And what you got to understand is he did not have a moving violation. So it's not like they stopped him for speeding or running a red light or, or any kind of traffic violation. This was a pretextual stop with in mind, with anticipation that since he came from this alleged drug house, that they were going to find drugs, that they were going to find guns, they were going to find some illegal substances. But unfortunately for the police department, they didn't find that. But they said their dog found his money. Well, some people may think that it's odd. I probably carry around with me uh, a good amount of money. I probably shouldn't, but I do. Well, don't tell that's anybody. My <laughs> that's my prerogative. <laughs> I'm sorry about that. Yeah, 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 you're right. I got you. Yeah, but uh, but but anyway, but anyway, right, I'm just right. saying. Right. I'm just saying saying that, you know, I'm not concerned about his money. I'm yeah. concerned about the stop. Right. Why was he stopped? Right. Why did you illegally search his car? Was there a search warrant for his car to search his car? Basically, they used 
I, I, think, you, I, I think there's a law that says that if you if you're convicted of a crime such as what he's been convicted of, that they probably can search his car. But but I'm not clear about that, and that's why he has a legal yeah. team. Yeah, he didn't have his probable cause. Legal team will sort that yeah. out. Yeah, what would be probable cause if you told him we stopped you because your windows were tinted too dark, and then you then here comes the dogs. So what was probable cause? You did you see a gun? Did you see drugs? Did you smell marijuana or whatever? Go go ahead. I'm so oh man. Am I glad I got you on? Keep going. Yeah. So so that that that's where the problem becomes. You know because all of this is over them watching this property. But yes. all he did was go over there to get some cable boxes that he needed to go and uh, either exchange or take back or whatever the case may be. And they brought the cable boxes to his car. His tenants brought the cable boxes to his vehicle. Well, wait a minute. So he, wait, whoa, whoa, wait a minute. So he didn't even get out of the car to go into his house to get the cable boxes. They brought them out to his, oh, man. Okay, got you. Oh, goodness. All right, I got yes. you. I got you. I yes. got you. All right, I got you. This is why, I see, this is, you don't get all this with CNN and the national news. That's why it's always important to go to the local source. Now, let me, let me move. I, I, you've given us a, 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 a great description of, of what most of us aren't getting. Now, let me ask this question of you. And I ask, shouldn't these officers right now be off the street? Because what I heard this morning was that these officers are still on the street. And that's problematic for us. Uh, we feel that, uh, you know, we feel that uh, the officers should be on desk duty uh, and or administrative leave and not still patrolling. Because when you are in a, when you are a police officer, my father was a police officer. And so I know about community policing. Uh, I remember my father's uh, partner and I couldn't wait till my father's partner brought my father home from the job. Uh, because he was truly engaged and entrenched into into building community trust. You know, so in this particular case, when you have a situation where as the officer became aggressive, and I don't understand why the officer became aggressive, and that's that's another key part. So that's why we feel that this officer, these officers, should be on administrative leave or desk duty and not patrolling the street because it's, it's, it's apparent that their their tempers were enraged for whatever the reasoning was. Their tempers were enraged, and you can tell that by the tone of the voice. And that's why, when the officer said, "Well, I can help you out the car," you know, uh, you know, so the so the tone that the officer used is what our client was afraid of, and that's why he kept asking for a white shirt. Please bring a white shirt, please, and you and you can hear it clearly in in the video. Right. Please bring a white shirt. You know, so uh, I'm a paraplegic. I'm a paraplegic. Please bring away. Because he was afraid of being hurt, which, in fact, he has, he is now stating that he is hurt. And I can tell you, when we did the press conference yesterday, he was in pain. So um, so the thing is, is the officers, uh, officers need to keep a level head when dealing with the general public. No matter what the general public is saying to them. They still need to keep a oh, level a- head. Absolutely. Because they're the ones that's in authority. They are right, the authoritarians right. when it comes to a traffic right. stop, when dealing yeah, with they, citizens. Yeah, exactly. And I'm and, and 
I mean, you you are one hundred percent right. Coming from again a, a son of a police officer. Now I I got to tell you, I raised holy hell this morning because I heard that there would be a city council meeting. Having grown up in Dayton and and I know and knew all the <clears throat> the folks who used to be in city council and and the mayor's running for governor. I I raised holy hell this morning because we got a call from uh, one of the activists in town who said that, I don't know if it's today or tomorrow, uh, an 8 o'clock meeting, and I thought they said 8 p.m., but it's 8 a.m., and I got to tell you, and and we're talking to Dr. Derek Forward, who's president of the Dayton NACP, who was part of the news conference many of you may have seen across the country. Um, you know, I, I just basically said the city, the mayor, they ought to change that meeting to 8 p.m. so that they can have maximum participation. 8 a.m., folks got to work. I've got to work. Bus drivers have got to work. Um, update us on uh, that. And th- this is just my position because I personally get very upset with these meetings that most working people can't go to because they're in the middle of the morning or the day, and bus drivers can't get off to go to a meeting. Uh, just update us to what me- what meetings are being planned. Uh, well, at the present time, I can tell you, as we speak right here in the a.m., uh, at the 9 o'clock hour, I am unaware of a meeting that's going to take place, which now I think is problematic, but maybe that's the reason why one of the city commissioners did reach out to me this morning. That could be what they were calling me about, but I didn't have an opportunity to speak with them. Okay. So that, so, so that may be why one of them did call me this morning. Um, and, um, but right now I'm unaware of a meeting and, and to your point, and to your point though, when I think about like, when, when, when we were having all these redistricting meetings across the country and they were holding these meetings during the daytime when people had to work, same right. type of situation. So, so right. yes, I probably would agree with you that it should be, if there is some type of meeting that they want to open up to the public, then it should be at an hour that anyone could participate, especially when you think about how we push for redistricting to be made public in, in, in an hour that are suitable for people when most people are off work, because you do have second and third shift, but most people will be off work oh, absolutely. Uh, you know, after the 530 hour. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And, and uh, you know, well, look, uh, Derek, I got to tell you, I hope we can stay in touch with you. This, th- this hits home with me, as you know, personally, having been born and reared in, uh, in Dayton. And, yes, uh, and I, you know, like I said, I'm not a journalist. Uh, I get to state my opinion, and I said it very clearly. If that had been a white officer that would have dragged a white woman by her hair out of the car and down the street, all hell would have broke loose. There's no ifs, ands, buts about it. And from what you have just given us, how, you, know how, you know how many brothers get pulled over for having their windows tinted? I mean, see that you you that was a pretense. 
That's all that was. That was a pretense because they, in essence, do you know what they did? They, they in essence, profiled him. They, in exactly. essence, profiled him. That's what it was. And, and then exactly. you're telling us he didn't even. And then, again, the other part about, you know, well, we found 21000 whatever the amount of money. Like you said, it's not against the law to have money. <laughs> that, I mean, that was the weakest argument I've heard. But I'm so glad the NACP is on it. Um, I take it he has, uh, uh, who is his attorney? Uh, he has two attorneys that are working together. Um, uh, the attorney, James Willis, very notable attorney out of uh, Cleveland. Uh, and, you know, another attorney, uh, Clarissa Smith, out of, also out of Cleveland. They share an office together, uh, a person that he is mentoring. So Okay. Uh, All right. So, so he has a very good legal team uh, that will be addressing any type of lawsuits or anything like that. But we're going to continue as the NAACP uh, to walk with this uh, young man and ensure that justice is delivered. And I'm quite certain that uh, y'all can say, I, I do have to say this, uh, you know, our mayor did reach out to me uh, uh, early on uh, to okay. advise me of the situation. So I got to give her some kudos because she did reach out. Okay. And, um, uh, you know, so, uh, you know, ask me where are we standing with it and so on and so forth. But, uh, but at the end of the day for us, we want to make certain that whoever reaches out and we're also un- underway to hiring a new police chief. So oh, this is something goodness. that needs to be taken into consideration about the next police chief that we're going to hire. Who's, who's going to lead the charge to implement the 142 recommendations uh, that uh, that a group of community or stakeholders uh, put together uh, for our police department uh, to implement. So I think about 30 some of those, um, I believe 30 or 40 of the 142 have been implemented thus far, but we still have a long way to go. And uh, training uh, needs to be at the top of that list. Um, you know, but also what law enforcement officers need to do in this country, throughout this country, is to hold their officers accountable and quit making excuses for their actions. If they have done wrong, uh, you know, they need to be dealt with swiftly and severely. If they're doing right, uh, continue to give them accommodations. But it needs to work both ways. All right. Dr. Derek Ford, thank you so much. We'll, be, we'll stay in touch. I appreciate it. And good luck yes, to you sir. there. All right. Yes, okay. sir. Okay. All right. 21 after, uh, president of the Dayton NACP. Wow. You know, I got it. See, this is, I, I said to the team this morning, let's get uh, Derek on. Um, because, you know, we're, we're sitting across the country. We're, we're sitting looking at video. Uh, we're lucky if we get 20 seconds or 30 seconds of a news story. And, I mean, just, and then you get these trolls who call, and then they make certain insinuations that aren't based on fact. And they get, and let me tell you something, they get pissed at me, boy. They get pissed at me. Uh, and because I won't accept their insinuations. So here we now now listen to what you just heard. 
He didn't even get out the car to go into his own house. He owned that house. And I got to tell you, I I, I had a, (laughs) I'm not mentioning any names, but I had a a, a friend, family, who um, they they rented homes. They got out of the business because they rented a home. So they rented a home. And they didn't realize it until word got back, you know, they're selling drugs out of his house. Oh, my God. And he said, I got to get them out of the house. But I'm going to help them out. I'm going to help them find another place. Remember the conversation we had? I'm going to help them find another place. I drove them all around, around town, town to, to find another find place another instead place. of just putting them out. So, and, and not one news story said he owned the house. Now, one news story, not that I heard. Did you hear that? Other than just now? That yes, may, I, think I missed I saw it. that while we were talking oh, about okay. some other issues. Yes. All right, but he owned he the house. He owned the house. I didn't hear he, about you know, the cable boxes. No, yeah, they did the cable that. boxes. That's his business. <laughs> yeah. He's taking it. That, you the know, but, just, but then wait a minute. So they, then they run. This is the other thing, did you hear? They run a check, a background check. His violations was 13 years ago. Yes. Yes, and the dog smelled drugs. Well, arrest the dog. (laughs) I mean, mean, I'm being facetious, but really. Give me a break. What has that got to do with tinted windows? And, you know, I I guess I had questions for the lawyer. Once he asked for the white shirt, should the police have stopped right there and got the plea? Absolutely. Absolutely. Don't keep going. Don't escalate. Don't move on. Don't pass go. Sherry, stop. Yes. Get the supervisor. Look, let me tell you, I'll say this. If that were, again, if that were a white woman, and I use this, I do this deliberately, and she would say, Officer, please call your supervisor. I can guarantee you they would not be dragging her out of the car. And let us quit. Y'all got to stop being, I'm not talking about you, being so freaking nice. This is is 2021. Tell the truth. Madison is telling the truth. You know damn well they would not drag her out of her hair. Can you imagine that? Envision that. Some some blonde, you know, sitting there. And, well, officer, I'm not going to get out. I'm not going to get out until you bring your supervisor in. Okay, then we're going to drag you out. You could, You can't even imagine seeing that. And this is what peep, this is what pisses people off. And they should be pissed off. And that's not racist. I'm not being racist. I'm telling you, you know damn well that there is this double standard. And that's why people get pissed. And that's why they say black lives matter. Now, I, I told you all about the, the, this, this, this black police officer in Georgetown on, on, on New Year's Eve. They, they, he had to arrest this woman. You see, in her, her little black party dress, you know, and drunk as a skunk and and he trying to tell her, look, lady, you got to get off the street. And he, she's getting all crazy with him. And he said, fine. And he handcuffed her t- to the mailbox. And all hell broke loose because he sat her down on the cold concrete. And they fired the officer. 
burning. I'll, I'll remind you of another case in Georgetown. What Do was that? Do you remember the elderly black man who was a handyman in the oh, neighborhood yes. in Georgetown? Yes. And he was stopped by police. An elderly black man was stopped by police just walking down the no, sidewalk. He, no, he was he was a handyman who worked in 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 the wasn't Georgetown. It was Fox Hills. Okay. It was Fox Hill upscale community. Yes. Fox Hill here in Washington, and he he did handiwork. He oh, did lawn work for various people in the neighborhood. You're right. You're right. And the police sat there and damn near tried to arrest him. Yes, had him seated on the curb. Right. Just didn't handcuff him, but had him right. seated on the curb questioning him. And he raised Kane out there, and the lady he had worked for for years came out and jumped the out. officers. She happened to be a blonde lawyer. <laughs> who read them the riot she, act. She asked for their ID. Yes, got her housekeeper to come out and, and make sure and she filmed it and said, y'all must be lost. Yeah, because <laughs> y'all, no, no, you're not doing him this way. But this is the double standard. But listen to what you just heard. You can listen to yours truly, Madison the Black Eagle, live every Monday through Friday on Sirius XM Urban View Channel 126 or anytime on the Sirius XM app.